Hey, this is Adam with Mile High Stash, the podcast that asks what five albums you would take to a remote Colorado cabin in the event of a zombie apocalypse, armed with only food, water, and a crank-powered Victrola. Um, Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter Reed Fail came by on a recent snow-covered boulder Colorado morning. Uh, it really is funny how schizophrenic the weather in, in Colorado is in the spring. Um, if you've been around here in the last 30 years, well, you know about the weather, but you certainly know Reed Fail, whose songs have been in a lot of TV shows and movies. Um, his most recent album, Wild Wild Love, talks about old songs showing up like best friends out on the weekend. And um, I'm pretty sure when Reed showed up, it was a weekend, and we were both pretty hungover uh, and ready to relax in an apocalypse conversation. Uh, Reed lives in Vermont now, and he's an incredible songwriter and um, along with all the writing and touring he plays every Christmas season at the Gold Hill Inn with Gregory Allen Isakov who we refer to as uh, as Greg a lot in in our conversation and we also mention Clay Rose from Gasoline Lollipops and and Greg's violinist Jeb Bose. Uh, Jeb I think you get name dropped on Mile High Stash more than anyone else so hey Jeb. Uh, Wild Wild Love by Reed Fail is is a, just a beautiful album. It's like the Fruit Bats and John Prine hanging out. Uh, Reed will be playing songs from that record on June 29th at the Boulder Roots Music Project. And you might even hear Wild Wild Love on 105.5 The Colorado Sound, one of uh, this podcast's good friends. Um Check out the Colorado Sound um, all over the Front Range at 105.5 on your radio dial or just head to thecoloradosound.org anywhere in the world. Um, anyway, here's my chat with Reed. We'll start with his name, which I'll admit I got wrong before we sat down together. So you say it full, right? Fail. Okay. Well, this is good to know. Fail. Yeah. Everybody it's says full. Everybody. And yeah. it's, I, I almost just am fine with it. Yeah. You know, it's a German name. It's fail. It's supposed to have like an umlaut over it. You know, it's supposed to be like full. Right. Right right, 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 right. And so when they Americanized him and came over here, for some stupid reason, they said fail instead of full. Yeah. You know, I have even nephews that say, no, it's full because everybody yeah. says full. Nobody yeah. says fail. And also, you don't want a negative connotation for your name, you Reed, know? Yeah. I missed was, that boat. I should have been, like, Reed, Reed Star or something. Reed Succeed. <laughs> or just, just make up a name. Yeah. I don't know why I never did that. I almost did the Gregory thing, and I, for my first solo record, I was Reed McGregor Fail. So that That's was a little... Nice. But it's, it is what it is. It's Reed yeah. Fail. Okay. So um, we are here on a snow-covered boulder day with Reed Fail. A lot of people say Reed Full. Lots of people. 
Um, and the one thing that you um, alluded to about interviews that's really boring is where are you from? But I do want to ask you that. I think you're from Massachusetts, right? I am. I'm originally from a small town outside of Boston called Dover, Mass. Oh, yeah. That's where I was raised. Yeah. yeah. So currently my Penguins and your Bruins are playing Ooh. an outdoor game. Are they co- today? Right now. No way. So I'm missing that to talk with Oh, myself. no. Can you tape it? These <laughs> days you can tape things and watch them on YouTube later or something. Yeah, right? it might get interesting in the, in the, in the third. My fr- my uh, my girlfriend's brother's there. Oh yeah, yeah. It, isn't it at Fenway? It's at Fenway. Yeah. Oh really my cool. gosh. Is it snowing there? It's not snowing. It's the perfect <laughs> weather. It's not too hot. Not uh, yeah, the Bruins cold. are hot this year. They're the best team in the NHL yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. So you... I played hockey all my life and and grew up there. You know, in New England. And who's that's your favorite what you hockey do. player? I mean, Bobby Orr. Was yeah. My, you know, I used to, I used to see him play. You know, I'm dating myself, but uh, he was. He was a defenseman, for those who don't know, for the Bruins. And I remember him just, he, he you know how defensemen uh, go behind the net and they sort yeah. of set up the play mm-hmm. in their own zone? Yeah. He'd take it all the way and wrap it around and score on the other team. Yeah. Crazy. And back in the day when they had no helmets, too, which is yeah. really yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. My first uh, era of hockey was the Mario Yarmer Yager, but then yeah. they would play the, the Cam Neely, Ray Bork, Adam Oates. Uh, Ray Bruins. Bork, I mean, come on, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, another, yeah. he's right up there. Yeah. But he was like, you know, after Bobby Orr, of course. And then he went to the Avalanche, actually. And won the cup. He didn't want a yeah. cup, finally. Yeah, yeah. So you, did you come directly to Colorado from Massachusetts? Um, yes, I did. Yeah. I came out here to Boulder in 1989. Yeah. Actually, the day before Mall Crawl, remember that? The, for yeah, those yeah. of you, that was just a wild Halloween party on the, on the Boulder Pearl mm-hmm. Street Mall. So I, I, that was the next day, and I was like, what is this place? Mm-hmm. They've since canceled it because it got too out of hand, yeah, yeah. you know? But uh, I came here in 89, yeah. So you were here in the era of, of Penny Lane. Yep. Of, we played loggies. We used to play there. We used yeah. to play. So, you know, I was in a band called Acoustic Junction, and mm-hmm. my brother, we started to play in Boston, and we was literally just paying to play. Yeah. And it was like my brother was coming out to school here, and he was part of the band. He was going to the University of Colorado, so I was like, why don't we just take it out to Boulder? Mm-hmm. It was a great decision because, like you said, there was so many places to play. We yeah. play three or four times a week. Right. Taylor's, Tulagi's, J.J. McCabe's, Penny Lane. I think those days are over. And then, but, um, yeah, soon I'd stop painting houses and just played music. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened with that band? So we, it was, we within a year, we were playing Red Rocks with Blues Traveler yeah. and Widespread Panic. And and then my brother and the bass player quit. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, I don't know, tour life wasn't for them. And, yeah. you know, and they sort of, it was not the greatest time to quit after we were sort of had all this yeah. momentum. So I was like, I was a lot younger then. I think I would have stopped. But I said, no, I've worked so hard to get here. Mm-hmm. I was devastated at first. And then yeah. I was like, well, why don't I just regroup and get other members and that's what i did yeah and then we uh toured for like 10 years with that band wow. and did fairly well we we signed a record contract with capricorn and mercury can people listen to that stuff on Spotify yeah yeah anywhere? yeah acoustic yeah. junction on six records yeah um yeah all of it and then we changed our name which was the stupidest thing because we the record company wanted us to change our name and we was just it was just foolish and no pun intended, but the two, we changed our name to Fool's Progress. 
So, and that didn't work. And then we eventually changed it back. And then yeah. by then it was like too late and I was ready to just move on and do solo stuff. So I started solo stuff in like 2001. Did you have a point in your career um, where you realized, which a lot of people don't realize that maybe you can make a lot of money from the from the licensing and not have to tour all the time. I did, yeah. yeah. When was that and how did it happen? That was in the after... Acoustic Juncture disbanded. It was about 2001. Yeah. Um, I made a solo record, my first solo record called Spark. Mm -hmm. And it was like kind of loopy and just different. It wasn't like grassroots folk rock, I guess, which Acoustic Junction sort of was. Um, and it sort of had a cinematic feel, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it's just a fan sent it into like Warner Brothers. Yeah. Just said, this, this would be great on back then. It was like Dawson's Creek, yeah. you know, like those shows. Mm -hmm. And I was like, go for it. And this fan sent it into the secretary and bothered the secretary. Eventually it got into the hands of these supervisors and, mm -hmm. and they're all sort of a tight knit family. So like every song on that record was licensed. That's and fantastic. then twice. And then there was one in a feature film so I was like, whoa, yeah, this is a whole nother world. Like there's money up front. There's, I'm yeah. still making money to this day from the 2001 movie. Wow. You know, it's like, it's everything. Yeah. So I was like, wow. And I was, I had a kid too. So I was like, oh, I can just keep writing and keep creating yeah. um, and, and not tour as much. Yeah. And, and then sort of hurt my touring, but, um, but I was able to survive. Yeah, there's so many am. expenses with touring and so much suffering. So, and just the band stuff, we were talking about this earlier, yeah. just logistics and, mm -hmm. and you know, relationships. Mm -hmm. and It's always a soap opera. It's tough. Even the good ones. It doesn't, even the great bands. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is. You're married to them. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, so I figured out another married, way. Your spouse knows about these other marriages that you have to <laughs> yeah, talk about. exactly. They're like, you love the bass player more than me. <laughs> that kind of thing. So I've been solo. You know, I have bands here and there that just yeah. come play with me in shows, but I've been solo man for pretty much since then. Yeah. First of all, you can sort of make a living. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're in a band, you're it's tough to, you got to sell yeah. some tickets. Yeah. So let's talk about the writing, and and um, I wanna I wanted to go back to the first time I saw you play was at one of the Christmas shows at the Inn, and it's hard to get much of a reaction um, out of Greg. He's kind of uh, uh, he's got a mysterious vibe, you know. And I remember being at the bar with 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 Jeb and Greg, watching you, and everyone is is just sitting there in in awe of you in the next room. Um, and I said to Greg, you know what? Reed is this perfect, tangible mixture of the early Din Bob Dylan yeah. and John Prine. And Greg says, you're exactly right. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, thank you. I mean, <laughs> And the new record has a John Prine reference in the first song. The Sam, it does, Sam yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like Sam Stone or Hallelujah. Yeah. I got old songs showing up like best friends yeah. out on the weekend on the radio, just like Sam Stone or Hallelujah Man. to give you what you need. Yeah. <laughs> I like that line a lot. I like so that was song. I was I right about that? Were those your staples growing up, maybe? Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. And and others, but Neil Young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, John Prine was just he's like water in our house. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah, you, you need it to survive. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big influence. 
It was a sad, sad to see him go last year. Yeah. Or the year before, I can't remember. It was during COVID, I know that, beginning of it. I'm so glad I got to see him perform. Mm. And there's never been any performer except John Prine who, when you saw them, you always cried. And it was out of happiness oh. and out of just always like, the sadness of the lyrics. And Yeah, he you know. just he marries that bittersweet thing about life, the mm. pain and the beauty. Yeah. And he sometimes sort of disguises all that pain with sort of happy music too sometimes yeah and he has a way of just putting it all together in such a beautiful way but yeah every time i see him i cry yeah yeah or i saw him i saw him a bunch too yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's get to kind of the theme of of, of this podcast which is uh <clears throat> um you know you spent a lot of time in colorado so you can picture yourself in some mountain town and it's just you and there's been a zombie apocalypse and you don't know what's happened to your uh, your family, your friends, your partner, and you're completely alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have food and water and a crank-powered Victrola. So you can bring five records. What is the first one you would bring? Well, I guess on, on, uh, um, I would, it would be... It would be John Prine's self-titled record yeah. of him in front of the uh, the hay bale. Is that the biggest influence on you as a songwriter? Maybe that record? It's definitely one of them. Yeah. It's definitely top five of my biggest influence. I mean, it's just loaded with amazing songs. Sam Stone, Illegal yeah. Smile, Spanish Pipe Dream. I mean, I love all his records, but, you know, if I only had to choose the, you're saying five records yeah, yeah. or whatever, the, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the one I would pick. It's amazing that somebody so young wrote those songs that were so wise, because that's his first record. I mean, I mean yes, yeah, first record, and then Hello in there, you know, when he was a mailman, just yeah. like seeing all these old people in their houses delivering mail, and he's just yeah. like, please don't pass him by in stairs if you didn't care. Yeah. Say hello in there. Speaking that of That stuff is cry. just so emotional. He yeah. just like taps into the sadness, and, you know, and there's a hole in daddy's arms where all the money goes. Jesus. I mean... But some, you know, I always gravitate to the sad. You have to. You can't. Nothing's all happy. It has to be both, right? I loathe music that's all happy. It's I, just you it's, can't. It's, you can't even. Yeah. You can't even fake that. I mean, you can fake it, but it's fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Old people just grow lonesome, waiting for someone to say hello in there. So the new record um, is right off the bat. It's it's just very heartwarming, and um, listening to it, I had two distinct questions for you. Okay, what were you lucky to get away with? That was referring to, is it the the acid, the in, acid the fridge? in the fridge? Yeah. yeah so that was yeah. it. Actually, wasn't me. So I'll do. It was my buddy <laughs> who I wrote the song with. Yeah, he used to keep acid in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he sold it or not, but definitely yeah. dabbled in it. Yeah. And I sure have too. But um, so it's just like you're lucky during those periods of time, you're sort of involved in that hallucinations and yeah. whether you're selling it or not, or just lucky mm-hmm. to get away with it, with the, still have your mind intact mm-hmm. and yeah. get something from it, but also leave it behind. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, not have it just devour you or you start selling it and you go to jail or what? You're just lucky to get away with it. Yeah. And the other one was, uh, what were you lucky to get over? That's more of, uh, I was just lucky to get over it, which is uh, more of a relationship. 
mm. you know, somebody leaving you and just lucky yeah. to be able to move on from that. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, I was reading about you and you are now the patriarch of your family, right? I mean, you lost. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm an orphan. <laughs> Has that changed your songwriting? Probably in ways I don't really know. Yeah. But I would imagine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I still, like, to this day, I'm like, oh, I just want to call my mom. Oops, no. I lost yeah. my father in 2001, so really early. Yeah. And my mom about five years ago. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I'm yeah, sorry. That, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's That's life. It's yeah. nothing. You know, I'm lucky to have great friends. Yeah. Like, that are my brothers. And also I have siblings, too, that are, you know, we still have good relationships with uh, with each other. So that's really important. I have like, my yeah. mom always used to say to me, she'd say, you have the best friends. And I always thought that that's, that was the, that's all I need in this life, really. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what I want to, you know, I want to, I want to be kind and I want to have good friends. Yeah. It's very well, important. Everyone in the music scene around here, whether they're fans or musicians, when your name comes up, they say, oh, we love Reed. I, I so. appreciate that. I mean, that, yeah. I try to exude that. And look, I have my moments <laughs> like everybody does, but I really try to uh, keep that mantra of, you know, just being kind and treat people the way you yeah. want to be treated. When did you feel like you were a part of the Boulder scene here with with Leftover and, and maybe, you know, all these, all these people too, Greg and Jeb and, and Clay? Those are two different... Sort of two eras. eras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the first era was uh, was Acoustic Junction, mm -hmm. uh, J, uh, Leftover Salmon, Big Head Tob, yeah. and the Samples. We're all friends. Yeah. I mean, Al, the piano player, is still one of my good friends. Good I don't guy. see him that much, but he got into some stuff. But, um, uh, yeah, we'd all just sort of um, play together. I think I, we played every other Tuesday at J.J. McCabe's. And yeah, then that's not Salmon. That's before my time. Yeah, before your time. That was in 90... Probably 90s, yeah, 91, yeah. 9091. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Big Head and the samples were just great. I used to go to them like, that's where I want to be. They Dave were, Matthews was opening for them. That's I mean, right. They were big shit. And that first record they made mm -hmm. was incredible. I just don't, it's too bad because I just felt like they had the potential. But yeah, it's the way it goes, right? They had their success yeah. and they were huge here. Yeah. They were the biggest band, you know, I think that I remember during that time. Yeah. They were this mixture of uh, the police and the, and the Grateful Dead. Yeah, like police, my, they got out mm -hmm. there, but really, the Jeep, the drummers, just he's uh, unbelievable. He's one of the best. Yeah. Unbelievable. He's playing with English Beat right now. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about um, uh, uh, your relationship with Greg. You've been doing these Christmas shows for 12 years or something yep. like that. And it's, it's wonderful that your friends, you collaborate too on stage, you know, but. He does um, a stream of consciousness, you know, thing where uh, you can kind of some of the power of it. I think is that you can make any interpretation of his lyrics that you want, and then with you, it's more personal. And so, how do you bond, and how do you in inspire each other? Um, well, first off, it's it's true. I've never like Greg's like unbelievable with words. Like yeah. I've seen like. Pay, pay pieces of paper and he'll just say this is what I'm working on and he doesn't even use it and I'm like I would use like all of that yeah. <laughs> you know he's just one of those agile minds that's yeah. he's really good with that I do work a little differently I'm you know um, and I try to you know uh, not cop what he's doing but I'm try definitely inspired and influenced yeah. by it and I think he's it's the same you know I'm older um, 
so I think we both take from each other. Um, like I'll I'll write a song. I mean, sometimes I've written him thinking of him, and then he'll help mm. me finish it, and he'll help you know finish the end or whatever, yeah. and just um, so that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've written we've written a bunch together, but we're constantly inspired by each other because we're we don't feel like you know, we're doing the same thing. I mean, he's obviously watching your friends get really big mm -hmm. um, is challenging, but I like, for me, like he's my friend, but I'm also like a huge fan. Right, so I'm not right. like, feel like, oh, why did it happen to him and, yeah. and not me? It should have happened to him. You right, know, right. he's that good, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. it's... Are you giving him any... Uh preemptive advice on parenting <laughs> he doesn't want to talk to me about that <laughs> no we've talked a lot about that yeah. yeah yeah um it's a it's a scary thing you know having having children and this you know people yeah. are like oh it's a baby that's so fun and it's a big it's commitment a it's you know and you don't know what you're gonna get and but i think he'll be a great dad yeah and he's and, and man and jeb's great a dad too. Now too and jeb's a dad mm -hmm. i actually met Jeb is uh, Gregory's violin player, for mm -hmm. those of you who don't know. But um, I was with Jeb in Costa Rica when oh, he nice. met uh, his... I don't Juliet. Think he, is he, he's married now. I'm Juliet. not sure if they're married, but that's his part. They might have yeah. just... Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure. Yeah. But I was with him when he met yeah. her. And now he's got a kid and lives in Costa Rica. He loves being a dad. Yeah. And I did too. You know, I was very paternal. But it's hard. It's not like people sort of sugarcoat it, you know. Right. And it's hard, just like everything in life. Mine no. just turned 13 two weeks ago, so... Oh, so I'm, you know, I'm, okay. I'm in for it. Now. You're in for it. Um, second album you would bring with you to this oh, cab. Okay. Um, I would say... I would say Neil Young, Harvest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so, top to bottom, beautiful record. Yeah. I'd want... I could listen to that over and over again. I think that's a point if I only have... Yeah. I'd never get sick of it. Well, you... You have like 70 Neil Young albums to choose from. So That's right. Why, That's why the that one. one? Oh, just because it's loaded with the yeah. best songs. And um, I, for my 16th birthday party, I had everybody, I had Harvest shirts made. Everybody wow. had, uh, put them on. And, you know, yeah, yeah. I just. Think I'll pack it in buy a pickup. Take it down to L.A. He's still going, too. Still going, yeah. yeah. I, I follow him on Instagram, and he's still going. I sort of lost him after, you know, I don't... And those were special years, you know, yeah. to write those kind of things. I don't think he can keep that magic up, but he certainly tries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this new record, how did it come together? Who plays on it? You you mentioned having a, a songwriting partner on, on the record. Is that just for one song or for... No, I've, I've, this particular record, I think I wrote most of them with... Uh, my dear friend Putnam Murdoch. He lives on the East Coast. Yeah. And we've been writing songs now since 2001. Our fathers were in a bluegrass band together, like a country western bluegrass band, just as hobbies, and they mm -hmm. would practice every Thursday night. So Putnam and I grew up around this. Yeah. The harmonies, and his dad was uh, is a uh, great banjo player and dobro player. Um, and my father was a guitar player and a uh, singer. 
and then my mom played bass in the band. Wow. But it was pretty cool. They made after 25 years of like sort of playing every Thursday. They did gigs around and, mm-hmm. you know, as a hobby. They they finally made a record called A Thousand Thursdays, which is <laughs> 25 years of Thursdays. And it's a great record. But I digress. Um, so Putnam and I sort of grew up around this. And then 2001, uh, both our fathers got got cancer at the same time. Mm. So I came home from Boulder um, to take care of him. Yeah. And... Putnam did the same. So we were sort of sitting on the couch in Dover. Our dads were sick. And that's when we started. And he had been in a band here in Boulder called Chief Broom. Do you remember that. them? That was no. They were mildly successful here, yeah. too. But he's younger than me. He's yeah. 10, 12 years younger. Um, so we just started kind of putting that all into words. And it clicked. And we've been writing ever since. And every year we go to Martha's Vineyard. Um, to his wife has a, uh, a little shack there in a meadow and we go there for four days and write songs we've been doing that for I don't know I think seven years now wow so we write there was a little dry spell there we at first we just wrote a lot and then then we couldn't together yeah and now it's just pretty consistently we're working always so he's yeah he's one and then Gregory a little mm-hmm. bit and uh and then some friends of mine just yeah. that, that don't really write all the time, but they chip in and I write with them. Uh, did you have the same band on every track or is it different people? This is the same band, the Band of Heathens out of Austin, Texas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I made my last two records with them. Where did you record? Uh, in Austin. Nice. At their, they have a studio called The Finishing School. And they are just phenomenal. Incredible. I mean, because I do all my work, you know, like, before like my arrangements my the songs the details and i really really just go to them and let them do whatever they want i've learned to let go and as opposed to like analyzing everything and it usually is pretty good it's pretty it's a great experience and the records come out good one of the songs um, has a distinctly jackson brown feel to it and i wondered if that was a little bit of an influence on you. Not really with me. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think yeah. of what song. Is it song on the latest record? Or yeah, Lucky it Not, comes well, through. It's the third or fourth song. But uh, um, I definitely felt like this could be a Jackson Brown Really? Song. Oh, well, that's a compliment. Yeah. I think yeah. like Ed, one of the guitar players, is really into him. Yeah. With these guys, you know, I think I'm going to make another one with them. Actually, I want to make a John Prine record. Yeah. All oh, John, And I'm going to make it with them. Because yeah. they're like sort of chameleon, like they can, they're so good, they can just do any style. Yeah. You know, you'd be like, okay, I want this to sound like what Jackson Brown or, you know, mm-hmm. have that feel or Van Morrison or whatever. Yeah. Boom. It's done, they're that good. Um, You've actually, done the last two with them. Done the last two, Lucky Enough and then Wild Wild Love. And uh, and Jesse, the, the, the rhythm section is now playing with John Fogarty. Oh, wow. Just for, for a spell. John Fogarty's. Uh, Son is in his band. Yeah, too. and his sons, they're friends with the sons. So yeah. I think they got uh, Jesse and Rich to join the band. Nice. So they're no longer in the band of Heathens. Okay. So, but I think if I go to do, I'll just bring them in as yeah. the rhythm yeah, yeah. with the band, with the other guys, Gordy and Ed. Yeah. Yeah, very talented, very talented band. Great people. And it's like got I said, a slick feel, yeah. like, the, like the L.A. Yeah. Uh, Laurel Canyon feel, yeah, and then it also is is gritty. It's not. It's raw. Yeah, uh, that's good to hear. Oh yeah, because yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's just it's kind of a good balance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I think the next one I will, if I uh, it'll be different sounding than those first two. They sort of have a similar. Yeah. I'm not sure what direction that'll be, but it'll mm-hmm. be different. 
Okay, let's go with album number three. That okay. You take on, on your apocalyptic <laughs> On my apocalyptic cabin. <laughs> um, album number three would be... Let's get Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. Oh, man. I mean, that that's a sad motherfucker right there. So... It, yeah, I guess. Yeah. See, there, there you go. Yeah. I gravitate to the yeah, sad songs. What's so wrong with the sad song now and then? <laughs> um, yeah, it's heavy. I can't feel you anymore. I can't even touch the books you've read. Every time I crawl past your door, I've been wishing I've been somebody else instead. great record again from beginning to end it's a breakup record you know and there are some songs where he's just snarling i mean he's he's saying you're an idiot and all, the all idiot went i love that it's though it's, what a great way to get over it exactly and get on with it and just you know sometimes yep. you have to be angry to get through anger you yeah gotta, but yeah. then it's also you know you're gonna make me lonesome when you go yeah so it's both sides he's a, i mean talk about a magician yeah. like he captured some magic. His last album, I was, I was just talking about this the other day because someone said, there hasn't been any good Bob Dylan since Time Out of Mind, which is my favorite album. Great record. Anybody. Um, speaking about sad albums. Yeah. But um, his last album, Rough and Rowdy Ways, is surprisingly really, really I got to check good. it out. I've heard that. It's, it's good. It's got a couple of those <laughs> Desolation Road type 16 Long minutes. ones, yeah. So, yeah. I used to play that one. I play Visions of Johanna sometimes. Mm. Um, it's it's got to be the right crowd. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> long right. journey. Yeah, that's a great that time out of mind. It's just not dark yet. It's just like one of my. Isn't that on time out of mind? Yeah. Yes. That's, that's one, one that I could. I mean, this is even taking sadness to a lo- another level. But I thought about what song would be if you knew you were going to die and you could die to a song. It would be not dark yet for me. For you, it's, you know what? It's just I this got bed you can lay in. Yeah, just. It almost feels like that when you're. I love songs that do that. He's like, okay, I'm good. I could die here. Right. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. For me, I, I don't know what that song would be for me. I have so many, but I. Um, the That's one I want podcast. sung. What song would you die? I want sung. I know. Wait, this is getting really sad. <laughs> but the song I want sung at my funeral, I think I've. I've. Mm. Uh, is No Hard Feelings by the Avid Brothers. I don't know that. It's one. It's a great I'm song. I've started to do it. It's just it's everything, and the yeah. and it it's it's just beautiful. Check it out. Um, the yeah. last line is like I have no enemies, and that's yeah. what I want in my life. It just like you know, it just talks about you know, <clears throat> will I be ready? You know, when my body won't hold me anymore, yeah. will I be ready? Will my hands be steady? Mm-hmm. And it's just it's it's beautiful, um, beautiful tune. Talk to me a little about speaking of enemies. Talk to me a little about this line. I got memories like enemies. I got memories showing up, just, you know, the bad memories yeah. that you don't want to think about. You want to erase the things that you've done wrong, things, whatever, you know, just mm. that don't make you feel good. Yeah. and they But they show up like enemies, right? <laughs> how do you fight them? I mean. How do you fight them? You tough. change your tune. You, yeah. I've been getting, it's a work in progress. Mm. I, f- I think for everybody, I, uh, I've been trying to just switch that around. Mm. I suppose, like, like, you can look at it. Uh, you can look at the negative or you can turn that into positive. It's really just a mind game. Yeah. You know, but unfortunately the mind gets cloudy and, and uh, 
you're just worried about all the things in the past or whatever or the future or the money or whatever. But you just shift it into the now. Try to be, try to be positive and everything's okay. I got it better than most. You're alive. I'm alive. Mm. Whether that's great or not. But you're hoping to – just that simple shift, whatever it takes, exercise or just a thought mantra yeah. can change can change it. Yeah. So how has Boulder changed over mm. the years? Oh, man. I've only been here for 10 years or 10 so. 10 years. So, so I have, you I have – yeah. a big change. Yeah. I mean for me, back, like I said, back in like 89 was a great place to sort of grow up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was paying three hundred dollars a month for you know, and it was just more of a more of a hippie town. It was still then, weird. yeah, mm-hmm. and so it was great as a twenty three year old, you know, mm-hmm. um, growing up. And then, yeah, you see it slowly starting to you know, money comes in, tech companies come in, and everything changes. I mean, there's still beauty all around. It's still beautiful. Course, the weather's beautiful. Yeah. The and there's still those people. There's a certain look to some of these bolder, you know, especially women. And it's like, yeah. wow, it's just certain Colorado look that's just mm-hmm. healthy and beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. that's uh, that's what I love. But, yeah, it's <clears throat> I moved about seven years, six or seven years ago. I, I I had a place out in Lafayette. And that was, like, dormant for years, Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah. And then I just saw it explode. And I was like, I'm going to sell. And... I, my mom, I was going to Nashville actually, and my mother got sick. Yeah. So I went, to, left my car in Nashville and took care of her for a year. And then I met a girl, and, and we live in Vermont now. <laughs> so you love New England too? I do, because I grew up there. Yeah. So it's nice to kind of come home, but I'm so glad I like lived out here for 20 odd years. Yeah. You know, it was, and I still come back because my son's here mm-hmm. and do these shows with Greg every year. And so it's my home away from home. I still love it. But yeah, it has changed a lot, you know, and just because it sort of has to. It's a beautiful place. So why, you know, money comes in and restaurants and... Similar to Austin, how Austin changed. Oh, God, yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't know if Austin... I don't know it that well to see, but it's Austin. crazy there. Yeah, yeah, Austin, when I was there, the homeless situation there is bad. Oh, yeah. It's bad here. I mean, it's it's there, uh, there aren't... Um, the numbers that there are in an LA or San Francisco, but it's hardcore homeless. You know, Here, so, yeah, which sad. that didn't really, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's yeah, different that's like than the last four or five years, honestly. Yeah, mm-hmm. by the bench. Is there any like it's just in this cold weather too? I just always like they opened up a a few of the rec centers when it was really, really scary cold because that's here. like you're you're gonna yeah. die. Yeah, Clay was doing this thing <clears throat> at the band shell every Tuesday afternoon. It was great where he would play in front of the band shell for the homeless people and and ask everybody in the community to come by with blankets and socks and everything. Oh, that's a wonderful so, idea. Yeah, Good yeah. for him. Yeah, yeah. Like d- during winters, like now, or when was he doing it? During the lockdown. During the lockdown. When, when it was really, really scary for everybody. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, yeah. God, we're through that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so album number four, because we got John Prime, we got Neil Young, and we got uh, Bob Dylan, which... Okay. Um... I would do, I would do uh, Cat Stevens, mm. and I would do uh, Tea for the Tillerman. Yeah, that's a classic, and it um, instantly makes me think of Harold and Maude. Yeah, you know? one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I know. I want to do my, one of my goals is to be a, uh, well, not. I I, I want to be a, like supervise a film musically. Mm-hmm. I would love to do that, 
And I'd love to do, like, I could use just, just Gregory, right? I could yeah. do, I just love that concept of just one artist oh, totally. throughout the film, which hasn't been done that much. Like, Not that much. I mean, Harold Maude's one of the quintessential ones, yeah. right? It's all Cat Stevens. And maybe, like, Elliot Smith, right? He do was, you know Dead Man, the Jim Jarmusch movie? No. It's just Neil Young's electric guitar. Oh, right. So just and his he, music? Well, he got an advanced cut of the movie, booked a studio, and just improvise electric guitar that's and that's like a dream of mine yeah. so if i because a lot of times when you're writing you need the fodder right you need mm -hmm. what are you going to write about so if i somebody puts the the images yeah. something's going to come and i'm going to write a song to it yeah and that's sort of why i want to do it you know yeah. that would be a big dream i should um and i sort of do that by watching movies i take things and i keep them in my head but um yeah yeah it would be great to to just be given the subject matter yeah. really you know yeah well, if you're listening to this episode and, and you're in the movie and, and TV industry, <laughs> yeah. Reed Fail is interested in Yeah, this. exactly. Please approach him. Please approach me. Yeah. So we talked a little bit, a little bit about um, New Year's resolutions, but, you know, what are your goals for your career? Just to survive. Yeah. Break even. Most keep people doing don't, it. so that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I don't want to have, like, I don't have huge aspirations. I just want to be able to keep creating art and making music yeah and whatever i can't really control i can control certain things like i'm starting to be more proactive on social medias because you just have to i hate it someone's got to do I'm it, turning that around yeah. meaning like well everybody else is doing there we're gonna walk all over you if you don't do it yeah and it's just it's not something i love because i don't be like oh look at me i just don't like that i want yeah. You know, I do like to perform, but, it, you know, it's, yeah. those are different things. So I'm starting to do that because I do it on my own, you know, mm -hmm. book shows. But now people are being receptive and I'm getting momentum and that feels good. Yeah. It's just really just the next gig. This keep me album, playing. This new album is incredible, too. It Thank really you. Is. I love it. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And just make, keep making, trying to keep making good music. And then those are the songs, once they're recorded, that's like your ammunition, ammunition. You know, for um, you know, getting stuff on TV or mm -hmm. film. If if it's not recorded, you're not gonna. That's not gonna even have a chance of happening. Yeah, it's so different now. It used to be that your album was what you were kind of promoting on the road, and now it's your business card. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I still make albums because I like them as mm -hmm. a whole unit, but you don't have to. Yeah, but I'm still going to do that. If you're gonna have that warm. Laurel Canyon sound, you got to get it on vinyl. Got to. I know. I'm looking here. You got a bunch of vinyl. Yeah. I need a. I need a, a player. I got to figure that out because mine. I had a KLH awesome one and it's yeah. defunct now. So I got to do that when I get home. That's one of my goals. <laughs> it's easy to get a nice cheap one, 150 bucks. And yeah, are those all right? You yeah. mean like all in one things like the? Not all, Never get an all in one. Yeah. Anybody listening? No. There's no such thing as a good all in one. Right, because the speaker. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, but nowadays you can get the aux cable or even USB and go amps right into a speaker, and it, it's great that way. Oh, really? But the from the turntable yeah, into the you. speaker. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But one that has a speaker in it is never going to be good. No. There's no such thing. No. Okay, so your your fifth and final album. <clears throat> All right. It's one of my... It's got to be Bob Marley. Yeah. And I want to say like Exodus, but I, I might say since I'm stranded, uh, 
I would just go for the. I might go for Babylon by Boss the live record because I get more bang out of my. There's so much energy on that. So much beautifulness, and all those other records are sort of mellow. So I'd probably I'd say Babylon by Bus. That is a great choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the first song is Funky Reggae Party. Yeah, which he went to see the Clash, and then wrote that song. Did he? I didn't know that. And it's just like, oh, it's great. Yeah, he was like, I had a big poster of him in my room when I was growing up, and he was a huge influence, just like the power of, of music, yeah. you know, uh, how sacred it was, but also how, like, how life-changing it can be yeah. for you with your words, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not a preacher. I don't like to preach in my songs, but I got that from him, like, how how powerful words can be and song can be, and he was the quintessential man of that you know and yeah yeah i wish i had gotten to see him you know yeah, that would have been something else yeah well it's, it's, so it's that's a good choice for um the, the zombie apocalypse situation too because you need some positivity yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> positive yeah. A, a, a yeah i got the sad album i got the i think it's well-rounded i guess i didn't yeah. think about that but i was just thinking about you know, the records i would love yeah. to listen to and never get tired of. Yeah. Oh, last question. If you can bring one item with you of any kind, something that you can carry on your back as you're mm. escaping up to, you know, ward or something like that, what's one item? One item, any item? Anything that you, you can actually carry. Oh, it would be my guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully some good zombie songs would come out of it. Yeah, and then yeah. I can just write, <laughs> stay there and not give them to anybody, but just for myself, which yeah. I love anyway. Like, yeah. the writing is like... It's kind of selfish, right? It's like, it's for me, right? I'm yeah. writing to make myself feel better mm-hmm. and and hopefully create something really cool. And then you give it out to the world as a selfless mm-hmm. thing, you know? And you hope they take it selflessly. Yeah. You know? Maybe the zombies would like the songs and then that could end <laughs> the apocalypse. Though. Right? Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Never thought of that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Reed Fail, for being here today. And I'm, I'm glad that your time in, in Boulder matched up with this. I'm really Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Adam, and I uh, look forward to hearing more of your stuff. Thanks, yeah. Man. All right, take care. I'll give you another hour, then got run, got that was Reed Fail and me chatting on a snowy Boulder day. Um, Reed will be at the... Roots Music Project in, in Boulder on Thursday, June 29th. Um, Armor and Sword, that's the one. That's the song that reminds me so much of Jackson Brown. And and I will also say, please take Reed's advice. Get out while you can and work the simple life. I hope to be able to do that someday. But uh, thanks for listening. Please do follow Mile High Stash wherever you listen to podcasts and drop a review on Apple Podcasts if you can as well. Um, I will be playing the drums at the Velvet Elk in Boulder this Saturday night, April 22nd, with Rolling Harvest. So come by and say hello if you're around. If not, see you next Monday right here, as usual. <laughs>